Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Stephen Nussbaum, and as always, my good friend, Southdown chum, bearded legend, the lovely looking Mr. Paul Levy. Hello, everybody, <laughs> and welcome to episode number 91. One thing is a fact and not a rumour, is that it's never a dull moment being an Orient fan, and just when we thought it'd be a short podcast this week, the mud hits the fan midweek and it all goes ballistic, but more on that later. As our game with Morecambe was called off yesterday, there's no match to discuss, so obviously at least we didn't lose. But don't worry, uh, we have a jam-packed podcast this week as we've got a few fans, a couple of ex-players to speak later in the show. But first things first, we start off this week, as always, like we do every other week, with a supporters club update. Yep, so um, coaches are running to Plymouth on Tuesday the 14th of February, leaving Brisbane Road at 1pm for a 7.45 kickoff. Costs £30 and £27 for concessions uh, with a £3 surcharge to non members. And then coaches are also running to Newport on Saturday, 4th of March, for a massive game. Coaches leave Brisbane Road at half eight in the morning for a 3 pm kickoff. It will cost £27 and £24 for concessions. Two ways to book uh, the coaches you can either book before match days by going into the Sports Club or by calling the travel line on 07722. 135970 <coughs> and this Friday the 27th of Jan sees the next beer festival featuring beers from breweries based in the north of England doors open at 5pm admission is free so get on it absolutely so that's the supporters club also just to update you uh, as recently you may or may not have seen on social media that there will be a loft meeting uh, details are still being confirmed so do keep an eye out for details which hopefully will be announced shortly but they are aiming to do that in February so hopefully it gives everybody plenty of notice yep and time for an exclusive then Paul bit of a big reveal so shall I do it or you want to do it yeah go for it yeah alright so the big exclusive then of the podcast is that the world the one and only Mr Jay Simpson has agreed to do his one and only interview with us the Orient Outlook podcast taking place tomorrow night at Orient Outlook podcast tower so Jay has turned down numerous requests from major mainstream media outlets and we will be talking in uh, in this very room tomorrow night which is a bit crazy so get your questions in get in contact with us anything you want to ask Jay let us know we will ask him all your questions provided they make sense yeah and two things tomorrow night if you're listening to this on Tuesday you're too late it happened Monday night Yes. if you listen to it Wednesday it happened two days ago I think you kind of get the drift so if you can get questions to us by 7 o'clock on Monday evening uh, that will be Monday the 23rd of January um, we will endeavour to get them in front of him. I understand, having spoken with Jay, that he has some things he wants to to get off his chest yeah. as well. So it should be a really good, uh, really good interview. Yeah. Um, obviously, Jay's only been with us a couple of years, so two and a half years now. So he's been through sort of bad times, and he had a good streak a couple of seasons ago. But you know. It's all done now, so... Yep, so yep. that is Joseph's only interview, so that should yep. be available Worldwide. late on Monday night. Uh, we will aim to get out for, so make sure you listen to that and spread the word. So the week that wasn't in, the crazy week that was, yeah. started on Monday, 16th of January, with Gaffin Massey winning the official Skybet League 2 goal of the weekend for sensational strive versus Portsmouth, so a big well done to Gavin Massey. I'm sure everyone who listens to this podcast has seen that goal and great take tickets about. from there from Gavin. Yeah. Yep. 
Uh, that goal was assisted by Paul McCallum, and there was an interesting stat tweeted by George Sessions that said McCallum has been involved in six of the O's last seven goals, and LOFC would be 23rd with 19 points without his recent contribution. So those that came, Paul, for being lazy or his work ethic being poor, you know, his contribution to the overall team, as you can see, we'd be in relegation yeah. under that dotted line now. So, you know, you need to think think well, big, look at the bigger it, picture. He really. definitely spits the fans, Paul McCallum. You know, yeah, we get, for every tweet we get saying he's great, we get another tweet saying he's not so great. So let us know what your views are on Paul McCallum at Orient Outlook or email us at Outlook at outlook.com so the club confirmed on Monday afternoon that winger Harry Cornick Sloan has ended and he has returned to Bournemouth although he has really been out injured since October so yeah, I guess most of us saw that coming so Harry made 13 appearances um, and scored one goal coming in the two-all draw at Carlisle where he scored a pretty good goal a bit of zigzagging nice little finish into the corner he also got a few assists um, and done very well in his time at Orient considering he only played 13 games felt like he played more towards the beginning of the season so obviously we wish Harry all the best and hopefully one day he can turn up again in a no shirt but I, like, I can't see it I'd like to know why, he's not come, why he doesn't want to come back because it's totally his choice so I, I guess we can't bring anyone to the club would be my guess but we will see yeah we'll but see then, he was, then Andy said that he'd called and left a couple of messages for him and he hadn't called him back so that might tell you all you need to well, know as to well to be fair you can't really blame him no, so I'd like to know what, what it is in his mind. But anyway, uh, Monday evening, let's move on to one of the biggest social yeah. media rumour meltdowns Ever. That, that, that took place. I think probably it goes up there as probably one of the most epic meltdowns. Yep. Uh, what should have been a nice chilled relaxing Monday evening, suddenly my phone starts going mad, yours is going mad, all the Twitter uh, conversations that are going on. So early on Monday evening, the following rumours started to circulate that several senior players have been made available for transfer, including goalkeeper Alex Chisak, left-back Callum Kennedy, Tom Parks and Jordan Bowery. And the rumour that Crewe were to be his intended destination, uh, either a permanent or loan. Yeah, and the next rumour was Francesco Bichetti is no longer talking to potential buyers and will not pay the players' wages at the end of the month, potentially leading the club into administration. Andy Edwards and Danny Webb, uh, there was a rumour about them having been fired or walked away from the club. And we had it confirmed at about 10.45 that Andy had not left the club. That that was categoric. He had not left the club. He'd not walked away or been fired. Yeah, I was happy we got that out and um, kind Calmed of put, people down put bit, people's minds at rest. And I think that was an important one to get out there. So important to state that the only rumour that wasn't a rumour is that you know the first team players who are available for transfer immediately. Uh, we also understand that an ultimatum was given by... Uh, Francesco Bichetti to the players in December saying if they don't improve they will be transferred and it seems like he's following up on this so yeah. we had an, um, we like Paul said a huge amount of tweets a huge amount of DMs a huge amount of emails and messages via all our social media accounts with people tipping us off here or <coughs> asking for things to be confirmed you know if you if you sent us any messages a big thank you um, to you and for giving us what, what you knew whether it was right or wrong I guess everyone's hearts were in the right, in the right place, place with that. yeah, yeah. But like we say loads of times on the podcast, we only put out uh, what we know to be true and is verified by people who have given us 100% accurate information. Uh, and that's why we don't put up anything that doesn't really happen. To yeah, fair. unless we know it to be true. Yeah. So that that happened. We're not going to go much deeper than that because so many people have so many different opinions that we'd be doing probably a week-long podcast in its own right. But 
We will move on now to Tuesday the 17th of January. This, the day started with George Sessions confirming that Alex Chizak, Tom Parks, Callum Kennedy and Jordan Bowery have been transfer listed. So the rumours uh, confirmed there uh, by George. Um, very early, very early on Tuesday morning, yeah. about half eight or nine o'clock. So obviously got confirmed on probably Monday night to George Sessions. He got the article out very quickly. Um, Tuesday morning, yeah. So your, your views on My that? My views, yeah. Parks and Bowery really haven't been up to scratch at all, really. But I guess when we don't have any available first-team players, um, it's kind of like cutting your nose off to spite your face. I still personally rate Alex Chizak. I still think Callum Kennedy is a very good left-back. Um, I, th- I, th- I think this wouldn't be so bad if we were getting in replacements before shipping out what we currently have. But this is the madness and, and, and the logic that goes on yeah, at the uh, upper echelons of mag- management at the club, I guess, in your views. My views, shame to see Chizak transfer listed, but his contract is up in the summer. So maybe the club feel this is the only way they can get a fee for him. But maybe. Don't know. Um, Surprised about Parks. I'm not Parks' biggest fan. I think he's been poor, but he has been first choice centre back. So unless there's more centre backs waiting in the wings to come in, then it seems a bit baffling. Bowery and Kennedy have turned into squad players uh, in the last couple of months. So as surprising as it is to transfer list all these players, I understand that. I understand those two. Um, and although it's very strange to do this when Andy is not allowed to bring in new players. So yeah. he could get rid of four senior squad players, but not. Bring in, bring in so the only other point I thought I made well I think apart from Massey Kelly and Weir I presume those four players are probably the top earners at the club more than likely all signed in the summer well apart from Chizak those three signed in the summer all coming off a big promotion season yeah. probably on big money that's the only reason why I could think maybe Bowery uh, I think is on about three a week no idea about three a week no idea but you know, obviously, when that news came out, we asked you for your thoughts on social media. Yeah. Uh, and again, thank you for the huge, massive response. We'll mention a few tweets that we got. Um, <clears throat> firstly, from at Barry Twin, who said, Alex Chizak needs to stay. Not bothered about the other three. All been very poor. And that was a view that was echoed by many on, yeah. on social media that we got with people really kind of hurt about Chizak, but not really that fussed about the other three. <clears throat> At Wings Mad said, unless other players are coming in, we're doomed. Edwards has an impossible task. At Orient Meat Pie said, it implies FB has accepted relegation. We'll have no senior pros left. Depletes confidence further. Bizarre. Digger H773046 said, Chisak transfer listed. Only senior keeper, albeit overweight. Must be pay related. Crazy. Simply crazy. I mean, we've got obviously Sam Sargent in the wings. Charlie Granger. Why is Charlie Granger nowhere near the first team bench? Don't understand. No idea, but I mean, you've got to presume Sargent will go into the number one spot based on him being sub for most of the season, unless Granger will. But baffling. At Orient, Dave said depleting the squad further still and reputational damage at this level. Players seek security. How will we attract? Great point, Dave. Very good point. Andy underscore PO16 said Bowery is no loss, Park's the same. But how on earth are Erico and Nomo and Jantz not on that list? Fantastic, Fantastic point, point, Andy. Well yeah. done, yeah. At LDK67. <coughs> so when you add Collins to that list, whose contract surely won't be extended, then it gets even more worrying. So obviously Michael Collins' contract is uh, up next up. week, I think. Yeah. At the end of the month. So 
Um, LDK67, when, um, oh, sorry, you've just done that. Spartacus1957 said, How pathetic. Paketti looks like he's throwing all his toys out of the pram because he didn't get his way. Get lost, you child. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. And the only positive tweet we got, so we'll end on this, uh, was from Matt Ingleland2010, who said, I still believe the O's have a strong spine for the future with Pollock, Judd, Karoma, Semedo, and Dorby fishing for positives yeah. so thank you for all your tweets as we say there were loads we couldn't possibly mention them all otherwise this would be about a four hour podcast yeah. so thank you for all the tweets that we got yeah mid-afternoon it's confirmed that Jordan Bowery has joined crew on loan until the end of the season he made 20 appearances scoring his only goal for the club in a 2-1 win at Morecambe back in September and that was like a scuffed <laughs> misplaced finish against, when you're uh, when you're lacking in goals I think yeah. any, anything but interesting though because he started yesterday he started uh, for crew against up front, with, up front with Mr Dagnall so an XRM yeah. partnership up front for crew who are I think they're about mid-table um but obviously we'll keep an eye on Jordan's progress and see you know, see how he does. Obviously he will start scoring at some point because that's just sod's law. Yeah, of course it is. It's yeah. not the Orient way to have striker Absolutely. scoring goals. Absolutely. But also spare a thought for Josh Landy, who sponsored Jay Simpson's boots. That's ordinary, that's fine. But yeah. when Jay left, he started sponsoring Jordan Bowery's boots. So the guy's gone through two players yeah. already. So who should sponsor uh, who should Josh sponsor next? Several suggestions on social media were for Bichetti. Brilliant. Sponsor his boots, but, you know, tweet, is it at Josh Landy? Yeah, at Josh Landy. So all the best, Josh, and let us know who you sponsor next. Yeah. So on Wednesday, the 18th of January. Um, Maybe sponsor Jantz's boots. <laughs> Club confirmed that Alan Dunn has left by mutual consent, having uh, leaves after a year and a half. He made just 18 appearances. And unfortunately... Most were not that great. Um, all we can say at the <laughs> we're lost for words yeah. a little bit with him because it's it's a bit silly. But fair play to Alan Dunn, who could have come out and blasted stuff on social media, Absolutely. And, he, and he hasn't. So he's an, he's a consummate professional. And from what I understand from speaking to people at the club, he's he's a genuinely nice guy and a genuinely good professional. So yeah. fair and play to him and good luck. The next edition of his book uh, could be quite interesting if there is a next edition now that he's left Orion. I guess he'd yeah. be able to tell. He's had plenty of time to write it. <laughs> yeah, he has. I mean, he when he first came, he was on the bench and he started a few matches and then he had a couple of terrible games. I think away at got sent Crawley, off. gave away a penalty, got sent off, and then he gave away another penalty away at Hartlepool yeah. in a televised game last yeah. year. And then at that from that point, he was banished. Came back earlier in the season, yeah, and really didn't do much again. And I guess it's good to get him off the wage books for me. Yeah, quite happy with that. Massive wage for League Two wasn't in the squad, so it actually makes sense. And yeah. hopefully, he can get on. Uh, with his football yeah I agree with you I think he had poor impact for someone who's so experienced you yeah. know we're not talk, talking about a guy who played over 400 games absolutely uh, in, in the league but you know maybe the question was his head still at Millwall had he moved on because he'd been there for so long it's difficult well that's what Francesco Bichetti implied at the meeting the chairman even yeah. when he was asked about Alan Dunn said he's right. really not got over I mean not that you can really take anything Bichetti says for no, truth anymore true. but that's what FB seemed to suggest uh, on that evening but as I say we wish Alan all the best and uh will follow his progress at, uh, at his new club. So Absolutely. Thursday, the 19th of January, got an interesting message from Mitch, who goes on Twitter, uh, at MPAllen222 as follows. So this was coming from things at a slightly different angle, which is why it's worth mentioning. So he started by saying, <coughs> firstly, I just want to state that I am not defending Pichetti. I'm just seeing things from his point of view. He gets a lot of stick, and to be fair, a lot of it's justified, but I think he's getting more than he deserves, especially this week. Look at what he's done since he's been here, whether it's alone or not. He's put a lot of money into the club and chances are he won't get a penny of it back. 
He appoints Liverani. The fans want him sacked, and eventually he is sacked. The fans ask FB to replace him with an Englishman, which he does with Hendon. Then the fans want Hendon sacked, and Hendon gets sacked. Then a few managers later, we get Nolan, and when he got removed from the manager's position to focus on playing, fans wanted Hess, and they got Hess. Then the fans wanted him sacked, and FB sacked him. We get Cavasil, and fans want him sacked, and he gets sacked. Then the fans want Edwards to have a shot, but Shetty puts Edwards in charge. The under-18s have walked their league, so fans were calling for the youth team to play in the first team because the first team has been so poor, and now we're seeing more of the youth players. Fans moan all season long about how bad the first team is, two or three players in particular receiving more criticism than the others, so Machete puts them on the transfer list, and the fans get annoyed uh, with Machete for getting rid of those first team players and replacing them with youth players. From his point of view, he's often given the fans what they want, he's put a lot of money into the club, which he's realised by now he'll never see again, and the fans still abuse him. The reasons that we're in the mess, that we obviously run a lot deeper than this, but it's no wonder he wants to sell the club if you look at it from his side. I also think it's laughable that some fans actually believe that Machete is doing all this just to spite the fans. When you could argue, he's only giving the fans what they want. All the best, and as always, up the O's. Yeah, so a lot of, lot of points made by Mitch there. Do you agree with him? Let us know. We are on Twitter, at Orient Outlook. You can email us, Outlook at outlook.com or search Facebook for Orient Outlook Podcast. Mitch, thanks very much indeed for getting in touch yep. with us. Um, further to Thursday, please report it was a quiet day at the O's other than Andy Edwards' target Shaquille Coulthurst leaving Peterborough from Mansfield on loan with a view to a permanent deal. And who will Shaq be making his home debut against? Yeah, you guessed yeah, it. It's going to be Andy it. Edwards yeah. and us. So moving on into Friday, 20th of January, probably... The most chaotic day or in I can remember. Um, it's up there, isn't it? It was absolutely mental. Uh, so just when you thought things couldn't get any weirder, just before 10am, and coincidentally the same time as Talks Sport were about to do a segment on Orient, a club statement was released at about, not about 9.58, 9.59, So I remember having Talk Sport on and then a club statement came through just as it was about to start. Oh, I thought it was a, I thought it was a bit before that. No, okay, it was cool. literally just before Bayon. Uh, the statement appeared to be translated English. We won't read the whole of the statement because we probably couldn't read it because the way it's worded without You might think that we've got reading it. problems. Yeah, uh, which we do, but, but not with not with that. Um, <laughs> but the main points were as follows. So we'll do them one at a time, I guess. Yeah. So a squad without future was inherited when Mr. Bichetti bought the club. So this is obviously the squad who were the playoff runners-up. Yeah, um, following the protest, Mr. B- Mr. Bichetti doesn't play on Saturdays. That's obviously a literal translation. We don't quite know exactly what that means, but perhaps maybe he doesn't attend yeah, on must Saturdays. Be. Must be. Um, so I can only assume that that's the commonsensical thing. Yeah, yeah. Offers for the club will be considered, and one offer has been turned down for a number of reasons. So interesting one there. So, you know, offers are being considered. Don't know who had that bid turned down. It'd be interesting to... To know, I'll find out who that was and why it was turned down, but I don't think we ever will. No, uh, Jay Simpson wanted to leave last summer. Yeah, and obviously Jay will be putting his story straight tomorrow night on Monday, the 23rd of January. Make sure you listen to it. Uh, Jordan Barry's contribution during the first half of the season was imperceptible. So I don't know what. I've never even heard that word. I think it's a word in Italian that's been translated that hasn't transferred over properly yeah. from Google. But I mean, that's incredible because Jordan Barry is still a late and Orient player, even though he's at Crew. He's still a late still an employee player. of the club. Yeah, absolutely. In terms of funds available, it's not the club that has to give guarantees to Andy Edwards, but vice versa, which I completely and strongly disagree with because the club need to back Andy Edwards and support him. And obviously, yes, they are right to an extent that Andy has to support 
them and what they're trying to do and trying to run a set of budget, whatever it may be. But you shouldn't be coming out and saying stuff like that. You shouldn't be naming players and shaming players. You just so so far these are these are the points that the major points we've picked up on, um, and they're just totally out of sorts with with professionalism and, and and whatnot. But anyway, yeah, I mean that carries on nicely to the next point as it says: Darius Henderson, Jamie McEnough, Jordan Barry. All lacked desire. I mean, well, I was behind the goal at Portsmouth. Jo- uh, Joby McInnes' goal didn't lack any desire. No, absolutely. I mean, you could argue Henderson, possibly. Um, yeah. Um, Barry, I don't know. I never saw Barry enough playing, to be fair. But very harsh, especially McInnes, and very harsh as a football club to, to name and shame players, whether they're current players or former players. Yeah. You know. Really. So here's one of the most bizarrest things you'll probably ever hear come on this podcast: the absence of Mr. Bacchetti during the last three months has had a more negative impact on the squad. So basically, by him not being around, he thinks that his, apparently, I think they use the word charisma. Um, Yeah, yeah, I'll go on to read the rest of this. His personal business did not allow him to be close to the team when he would usually come to the training ground every Friday to pick the games and to the games on a Saturday. Mr. Bacchetti has a great charisma and the players definitely feel his absence. So he's that deluded and that self-absorbed that he thinks that by him not being there to pick the team, I mean, to, to see the team on the Friday... And to be at the ground on a Saturday, that all of a sudden they're not playing for him. Does he not realise that since we've been under him in the last three, two and a half seasons, that nothing's gone well? No, absolutely not. And the last point to make out the statement was we are fully confident that we will remain in the Football League come the end of the season. But if relegation was to unfortunately happen, we will keep our current policy in place of promoting and showing faith in young players. So all in all, a crazy statement. I mean, yeah. the statement's got... Massive publicity all over social media. ITV picked up on it. Talk Made us a laughing on it. Stock. BBC picked up on yeah. it. Standard picked up on it. Loads of magazines picked up on it. So your views on it? Let's yeah, bizarre, delusional, irresponsible. Really, that the club management can blame everybody except themselves. Really, they they haven't really taken any responsibility. They've not accepted any responsibility for any of the failures or shortcomings at the club. Obviously, it's poorly worded, but obviously in Italian, it probably isn't. Um, Names people who feel they've been poor. As I said earlier, it's totally unprofessional. Henderson was not good, but Joby and Jay were good. They had an impact in the team and on the club. Um, You know, Jay Simpson first played to get to 20 goals in over two decades uh, in one season. TalkSport BBC claimed they put out, uh, that the club put this out following their pressure. However, I'd probably argue that um, through the SLO, Karen Harrison, um, the groups who make up the fans forum had been pushing and asking for an emergency fans forum meeting to discuss all of our concerns following Monday's um, flip Monday evening's flare-up. Um, but following the statement, Vito came back to us and said, there's nothing more to say and our concerns had been addressed in the statement. So, um, you know, you can, um, you can draw on that. What, what you want really yeah crazy I mean some things are better left unsaid and it was just a mental <laughs> mental statement it just makes later on a laughing stock um, 100% um, but one positive to come out of it you know it has highlighted how bad things are uh, at Orient and like we've already said most of the national press have picked up Jim White on the TalkSport show we'll come on to a bit later Bob was Mills. very adamant that they will follow this up as a business talk sport, and he kept saying we won't leave this here which is great to hear so hopefully it's 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 triggered um, something out there in uh, in bigger companies to chase, and I mean you're just reading it with your mouth open, just thinking, you know, WTF? What is going on? I mean, imagine being Colin Mumford or Charlie Long when you get that email from Alessandro saying, "Boys, put this out, don't touch it." 
you must they must have been sitting there just like my god what what yeah <laughs> Mr. Angelo are you sure you want to put this out like this yes boys yeah it sounds great yeah don't okay. change it it's perfectly Send. <laughs> Send. so <laughs> very very strange again loads of views came in so many uh, that we can't mention them all so thanks if you sent your views in we had an email from Stephen uh, Chiramonte who, who summed up perfectly in, in a very short uh, short amount of words who said I didn't think it was possible for them to do something worse than say nothing but by god they've done it well just well and I thought yeah. that was really good short and sweet and to the point and made uh, a very good point there. we also had some tweets come in uh, from at Odia Walshy who just says incredible statement couldn't be many clubs in England in a pe- better position than the O's when Francesco Pichetti bought us now look at us that pint wallop said perfect if ever we needed proof that the people running this club were incompetent arrogant and delusional this is it yeah, Stephen Nugent UK said, read the club statement. These egomaniacs are clearly delusional, ridiculously unprofessional, and the definition of insanity. Like it. Craig Delu said, a squad without future was inherited. And quote Marks, he says, that's my personal highlight. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, that's I mean, one of the bizarrest know, things. What, Moses, Cuthbert, Mooney, Baldry, Baldry, Cox, Cox Clark, Gomazoo, <laughs> without future. Gary Sawyer. It's ridiculous. Anyway, moving on. Unexpected item O said, oh. a, a squad without future. Yeah, right. Oh, you just read it all. <laughs> Cox, Moses, Vincelo, et al, under Slade. Please sell up and close the door behind you. At M underscore C underscore Rowley said, this is good news for LFC. Confirmation that he wants out. Let's buckle up and brace for the next two years. It'll be all right. Yeah, it's a good tweet, that. He's right. That is the only positive to come from it, really. Uh, at RP Bernstein said, hopefully this will lead to a siege mentality amongst players and fans. Our only hope is to pull together as best we can. And that's Which a great point there. I mean, it's very good to, point. that seems to you, the actual statement's done a great job in United fans yeah. who were kind of not seeing things from the same view. Um, so I guess another positive is that it's brung, actually brought fans closer together. Um, so as mentioned previously, there was an orange feature on Jim White's Talk Sports show, which was at 10 a.m. on Friday morning. The first hour was all dedicated to Orient. So it was Jim White, Bob Mills and Perry Groves uh, who were on the show, along with our very own Paul. Uh, yeah. So you called in, you got I through, did. you made some good points. First caller, yeah. Your phone line, I don't think you were too happy oh, with. Oh man, when you listen back to it and it sounds like anyone's familiar with a Norman Collier sketch... If you're not familiar, Google it. That's that's essentially how I probably sounded, you know, with the signal cutting out all the time. But you know, just just to go into the statement, just to be given the airtime to be able to talk about yeah. it. Um, Matt Roper was on after me. Cliff was on after me. Uh, was after Matt, and then I think Graham, uh, Graham, Graham yeah. um, who was on after after Cliff. Um, you know, just to be given that airtime on on mainstream sport radio was absolutely fantastic. They absolutely agree, sympathise, empathise with us. Uh, thanks to Bob Mills for pushing Jim White to get that segment yeah, in absolutely. his show. Um, and like like you said, they're not going to let it die. So, yeah. um, you know, it, it was a great opportunity and uh, any opportunity that anybody gets to talk to media should do it if you, if you feel confident enough to do so. Yeah, I mean, it was a great show. You can listen to the show and talk sport uh, on their website. Uh, which is well worth a listen. We'd love to play you snippets of it tonight, but to be fair, we haven't got the time to kind of cut and paste all the relevant snippets. And if we did, this podcast would well overrun. Yeah. So you can listen to it online uh, at any time you want. But it was a good show. Uh, and Talksport did say they did approach Francesco Machetti, who declined and Alessandro um, to be interviewed. So, you know, very interesting. Definitely worth a listen. Yeah. Alan Dunn. To end the day, Alan Dunn signed for local club Bromley. He obviously lives in South London, so 
decent signing for Bromley, yeah. he thinks. Which, so, Saturday, 21st of January, so... Uh, happy 25th birthday to Ollie Palmer. So yeah. he turns 25 and with an impending fatherhood coming up, it's a big year for Ollie. Absolutely. Around 20 past 11, the club announced that the home game versus Morecambe had been called off due to a frozen pitch, so no weekend game for us, which was a shame actually because it seemed that a lot of the fans seemed to be well up and galvanised for this yeah, game. I mean, and we had a lot of tweets on Saturday morning saying, get down there, sing up, you know, yeah. support the boys. And it seemed like there was going to be a big turnout. It seemed like people were really kind of galvanised like you said before yeah. about the statement and I'm sure it would have been an absolutely cracking atmosphere down there and it's a shame it was called off but I think someone did put up um, a picture of the grass on Instagram I think it was Leighton or in Trust and it was just white like it was just iced over there's no way you could have played on it it was called off quite early wasn't it at like 20 past 11 yeah. and people were like oh it's still three hours but it didn't look like it was safe to play footy on to be fair, so annoying, um, and that game will be rescheduled on a Tuesday at some point in the future, which we'll obviously we'll mention on a future podcast. Absolutely. Later on, the under-18s game survived somehow. Um, <laughs> they saw uh, the young O's uh, bagged a 2-1 victory against Barnet with two goals from Rural Satoriu. Yeah. So well done to the youth, doing absolutely amazing things still. Yeah. And good for them to get a run out as well. Yep, so league table round at the end. So obviously we didn't play. I think Crawley Portsmouth was called off. I think That's every well, other yeah. game um, in on. League 2 carried on. So um, we dropped the place to 21st, and that was due to Accrington, Drawing with Carlisle, um, so Akron to move the point ahead of us on 26 points. So we played 26, won seven, drawn four, lost 15 with 25 points and a goal difference of minus 11. Um, so apart from Accrington, who got a point, results went our way yesterday. Cheltenham uh, lost at home to Plymouth due to a late goal. Notts County lost 2-0 away to Grimsby. And Newport, uh, who are well off the pace, got a point as they drew 0-0 away to Barnet. So... Obviously no game, which means no Prediction League update, although we got quite a few scores in very early in yeah. the morning, so the Prediction League will return for the Mansfield game next Saturday. And uh, Due to the late Chelsea kick-off, which kicked off at half four, quarter to five, the uh, Fantasy Football League hasn't updated properly yet, so no Fantasy Football uh, update uh, today, but it has taken place and we will update you next week on that. Yeah. So before coming on air, um, we had spoken to former Orient captain, promotion winning captain John Mackey. Uh, we wanted to get John's thoughts on what happened recently at Leighton Orient following the club statement. Here is what John had to say. John, thanks very much indeed for coming back onto the podcast. I think uh, this is your hat trick now. We don't have a football for you or anything, I'm afraid. But um, we nice, nice to be on again. Pleasure to have you. Um, in relation to well, what what the reason we sort of got in touch with you again? Obviously, Friday the club statement from Chief Executive um, Alessandro Angeleri was put out, and I saw you were obviously uh, you had opinions and thoughts on that on Twitter. But for those yeah. that perhaps aren't on social media, what what were your original reactions to it? What were your thoughts on that? Um, well, I read it. Um, not quite sure why it was put out when it was put out. Um, still still don't know um, but the opening I think paragraph um, bemused me with a squad without future was inherited um, yeah. that squad I think if I remember rightly was one kick away from being in the championship yeah. um, and I just said that um, in 
it's a joke, basically. That that's, that that opening line was was put out. Um, don't know if it's a couple of when I've done it, a couple of um, fans sort of tweeted said it was um, Google Translate or, or whatever else. Um, but whatever it is, it, it's it was. Um, badly worded. Yeah, it does seem like some of the um, some of the wording of it um, is is particularly poorly worded. For example, where it says about uh, Mr. Bicchetti doesn't play on Saturday, therefore yeah. Mr. Bicchetti doesn't play on sa- on Saturday, does seem like it's a bit of a literal Google translation. Yeah. Which yeah, is I mean, I, I still don't know. I mean, is there any reason they put the statement out? Is it because fans are not happy? Etc. Etc. But this, this, I think the only good thing to come out of it from the tweets and whatever I can be sort of reading into and what people commented on my sort of um, tweet is that whatever people's feelings were before the statement, whether they, you know, wanted the chairman out and didn't want him out, think he was alright, don't like him. I think it's brought everyone together and thought, you know what, whatever. It's going on behind the scenes. We've got to get behind this team, and for our sakes, as fans, have got to keep us up. Yeah, absolutely. When I when I first when I sort of sat back and thought about it afterwards, maybe this is kind of like some bizarre, far fetched uh, left field type um, uh, techniques to, to galvanise the fans. But I'm not sure um, that that people at the club would would be so thoughtful. To be honest with you. Um, but it, I mean, th- th- there's a lot in it. In addition to that, for example, it names names of players who feel that yeah. are not good. Ever in your career, did a club that you either were, were, were playing for or a club that you were aware of name players like that that go no. on to say this one's contribution during the season was poor and this one gave up and wanted to leave and yeah. Well, no, no. I mean, it would never happen. In the time I had with Orient, and obviously the teams before, before that, Reading, non-league, etc. But even at Brentford, I, I wasn't, you know, well liked there, and didn't do do well, as well as I should have done. But there was never, you know, no statement from the chairman or manager saying that, you know, I didn't try or wasn't good enough, and you know, we're glad he's gone, etc. Um, I, I just don't know what what. The aim of that is, um, you know, saying players are not trying is, is, you know, if you have a bad game, I don't think any player goes out not to try um, on the Jay Simpson thing. You know, if you wanted to leave in the summer, you know, he scored 25 goals last season, why didn't they sell him? Mm, yeah. You know, you know, he would have got probably, a, you know, a lot more money than, they, I don't know if they got anything for him going to America, but... Um, six months down the line he's only scored whatever he scored this season he, he's worth a lot less than he would have been enough to score in 25 goals or sell him, sell him during the season and get some money so you know whatever they, they've said about Jay is you know I think that's it's just totally wrong um, and the other three boys you know it's just I just think it's a joke you can't be you know sort of caning players for not trying and Yeah, good points there, John. And to finish up, the Greenwich Borough, obviously assistant manager to Gary Alexander. You having a decent season and some big games coming up for you? Yeah, um, got called up to 
Liverpool lost Saturday, but um, we're sitting third, um, six points behind top team. Um, we've got a top team Saturday, two in the Mitchum away, and then we've got second place Dorking at home on the following Saturday. So um, two big games in in two weeks will hopefully determine our season to you know to, for promotion. Um, six points will you know put us two points behind the leaders, no matter what. So um, hopefully that that's what we'll we'll be aiming for. Good luck with both of those. We hope you come off. The much better team, we're sure you will, and, and thanks for joining us Thank and good you. luck for the rest of the season. Thank you very much, boys. I hope everything um, improves and the boys stay up, and then hopefully um, someone with a bit of dough who's a bit more sensible will come and um, put their money in and buy the club and take them where they, they deserve to be. So that was John Mackey. So we spoke to John before we started recording, uh, mainly for the purpose what purpose is that. John Mackey likes an early night. He's got a very early start in the morning, so we didn't want to call him uh, late in the evening. And I'm delighted to say we are now joined live on the phone by left-back Orient legend, the hat-trick scoring, penalty-taking... Free-kick maestro. Free-kick maestro, Mr Matt Lockwood. Matt, welcome back. Evening, how are you? Good, you? Yeah, very well, thanks. Good stuff. Thanks for uh, coming back on. Um, My pleasure. You were on BBC London yesterday following the um, West Ham game uh, up at Middlesbrough, but they did do a little bit of a segment on BBC London. Unfortunately, I wasn't near a, uh, wasn't able to listen to it. What were your thoughts on what's going on at the club at the moment, and obviously in particular with with regards to the statement? Yeah, I mean, obviously the guys read the statement out, and that's the first time I'd heard it. I must admit, um, Dave Victor was on the line as well. He was giving his sort of inside views of, of what's going on, um, and it's scary, really, isn't it? I mean, you, you read that statement over and over again. You're sort of trying to work out, right? Is this a language barrier? Do they mean what they're saying? Um, you know how they inherited a, a, a squad or whatever it was they said about. Um, if, if he meant that it was like a, an older squad and they weren't going to be around for, for years, okay, you, know, you can you can see if that's what they meant, then fine. You, I suppose you can maybe understand that comment slightly. But at the end of the day, you know, to get that close and to be that do that well that season to nearly go up into the championship, and then you start taking a, a, a sort of a, a dig at them to say, oh, were well, they? You know, that, that wasn't a long term. Um, squad it's just ridiculous really because ultimately what they've gone and done is just ripped the heart out of the club um, and, and you can tell that by speaking to you guys and all the all the Orient fans that I obviously still keep in touch with it's just not the, it's not, not the club that we all know and love we asked I asked this question to John um, who we spoke to earlier on this evening um, Ever in your career have you ever seen anything like this where the club would publicly name and, if you like, shame players who they felt weren't giving it their all, lacked desire, whatever terms you want to use? Ever happened? Ever seen it? No, never. And I don't think you'll sort of see it again anytime soon. Ultimately, um, whoever owns a football club employs the manager to run the football side of things because they're the football experts and that's why you employ them. Mm. If you keep employing people that don't know what they're doing, um, then surely have you not got to look at yourself in the mirror and like, well, hold up, it's my appointments that aren't doing very well. And again, I'm 400 miles away. I haven't 
I don't go to games like you guys do, so I, I, I don't know what the team are playing like. But ultimately, I can guarantee the team have been playing better when they've been playing for a British manager who can speak the language, who knows the league inside out, who knows who you're playing up against, who potential signings you can bring in. Um, it's not rocket science. Football, football is, um, I think, I think was it one of the uh, ex-Liverpool managers turned around and said, you know, football is a simple game complicated by fools. Yeah. And it is so true. I mean, it's not difficult to get right. With the, with the financial backing that they were bringing in to the club, and, and that's why Barry sold the club, because he sold them to someone that could take them to that next level. Um, and ultimately, he had the finances to do so. If he had just kept things in place, I know it's all in hindsight now, um, and, and kept the club running as it was, but just inject that little bit more money that could have taken them to that next level, it would have been fine. But you know, he, he came in and he, he did, his, did his own thing, and, and, and rightly so, it's up to him. It's, you know, he's bought the club, it's his money, and if he thinks he can, he's got a better way of running it and, and, and uh, improve it. But ultimately... Um, you know, the evidence is there for us all to see that what he's done hasn't improved anything. No. <laughs> you know what it, I mean? It's regressed it, us, actually. It, it, couldn't, it couldn't have gone any worse. <laughs> couldn't have done. No, it absolutely couldn't. Matt, thank you very much indeed for coming back on. I'll speak to you soon. Yeah, my pleasure. Anytime. Thank Cheers, you, mate. Take Cheers, care. Matt. So that was Matt Lockwood live, um, joining us uh, from his home. So a big thank you to Matt Lockwood. Next up on the line, we have Mark Schaffer. Good evening, Mark. Good evening, lads. How's it going? Not bad. You? You? Uh, a little bit worried and concerned at the moment, to be quite honest. Mate, thank you for joining um, us. So what So what have you got to say tonight? What would you like to say about the current situation um, at the O's? Okay, just want to talk about um, Francesco Pacchetti since he came into Leighton Orient in 2014, really. Um, we were a well-run football club. Um, you know, uh, we had no um, debt at the football club. Um, Barry run Lake Norian as a business. Um, he brought the right people in. And, um, you know, it's just gone from one catastrophe to another. Um, with Francesco in charge, it's just causing havoc everywhere. Um, from um, banishments in the squad to um, irate people in the stadium. It's just causing a toxic atmosphere. And, um, you know, we really, really, really need to get rid of Francesco Pacchetti. So, good, good points there, Mark. So, so, what, so, how would you do that then? Are you, do you support Loft? Are well, you thinking other, other, well, other ways? Yeah, I, yeah um, I support Loft. Um, you know, all we wanted from uh, Francesco and his entourage was to come out and speak to the fans, speak to the club, tell the fans... What their plan was, tell you know, tell tell the tell the tell the fans what was going on, um, and you know, just communicate. There is no communication in the club, um, and you know, using the protest, um, you know, <laughs> okay, Francesco's upset because your fans are, are protesting against him. You know, don't use us as a scapegoat. Take responsibility for the mistakes. Um, we're hearing that the club are 15 million in the hole and we're in the red at the moment due to uh, debts and loans etc etc what actually happens if Francesco just 
turns out the lights tomorrow, tomorrow on Lake Norwich Football Club and leaves this uh, club with 136 years of history and just, you know, lets us go into oblivion. You know, what actually, you know, what actually happens? Yeah, I mean, I think um, that's a question yeah, that we were asking and we hope we don't have to ask. Okay, worst case scenario, um, administration. Um, but if he has got this money, um, you know, pay off the debt and just let the football club go because what he would want for the football club, um, you know, he's not going to get. He's not going to get that money back. So should he cut his losses now? He should cut his losses. Oh, 100%. 100%. Cut his losses and, you know, just let the good people come back into the football club and run it as a business. Um, the, way I, the way I see it is the prime example of a sensible owner uh, in 1996 when Mohammed Al-Fayed came into Fulham. Um, Mickey Adams was a, was a young manager um, uh, and... I, I, I remember he, um, I think I think there was a season with him and Mickey there. And then, okay, he thought, all right, you know, I'm going to, um, you know, bring a big name in. I think he brought in Kevin Keegan in 1998, 1999. Uh, um, Kevin signed some players, I think it was Barry Howells, Jeff Hawksfield, Peter Beardsley. I think it was uh, Chris Coleman as well. And that was known as the Firehead Revolution. And Mohamed Al-Fayed had done things properly. He had decent people there, he had good guidance, and he turned things around at Fulham Football Club. Something that our, man, our chairman, you could argue, hasn't done. He hasn't done. He hasn't done it at all. Um, you know, we had a very, very good CEO in Matthew Porter, who done absolute wonders for the football club. Francesco, had, he, he had to do nothing. Everything was in place for him. And just had to come in, back the manager, it'd have been fine. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Come in, you know, um, back the manager, back the players, and, you know, it could have, you know, it could have just been so much better, so much better. Um, Going back to the um, statement from um, the CEO, um, is it Alessandro Angolari? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. when he, this is the most hurtful bit. When he, uh, in that, uh, in that, I don't know what it was. It was a load of rubbish, to be quite honest. I was just raging, yeah. raging after I was reading that. Um, a squad without future was inherited. A complete and utter load of rubbish. Kevin Lisby, Dean Cox, Romain Vincelot, Matthew Baldry, um, Moses, uh, Moses, Moses, yeah. Scott Cuthbert, Moses Odebeji, uh, Clark, those players in that season, they yeah. gave everything to Leighton Orient Football Club. Everything. And it was a pleasure watching those players. Um, it's an insult. Him, it's, it's a great insult oh, for them to put It's an insult, it in. is. Yeah. Oh, 100%. It is, a, it is a massive insult. And, I, you know, not only myself, but thousands of Orient fans were, were hurt by that. And... I remember when Scott Cuthbert was offered a contract, um, he turned the contract down and he said, Orient have lost their way. There's no way I want to be a part of this football club. Mm. And it's very, very upsetting when when, when players say that type of thing. 
An example of a of a bad chairman done done okay is the guy over at Leeds who who you don't really hear yeah. much about their plight anymore. Yeah. They've appointed they a good manager. manager. Yeah. He's yeah, doing all right yeah. for them. He's backed off and stopped getting busy. So, yeah, you know, yeah. that's that's how he could potentially turn it down. But, Mark, thank you very much indeed for calling no in today. Thanks. Much Cheers appreciated. Much and appreciate probably see you, yeah. see you at the next home game. Cheers, lads. All Cheers, Mark. Bye. Bye. Joining us now on the phone um, as our next um, Orient, um, uh, Orient fan is Darren Burrows. Darren, very good evening. Thanks for coming on. The floor is yours. Uh, good evening. My, my pleasure for coming on, guys. Um, well, where do we start? Earlier on today, when I knew I was going to come on the podcast, I decided to make a list of um, what's gone on in the last 21 years since, since Spaghetti took over. 21 years, sorry, two and a half years. And I come up with 21 points. Um, <laughs> Just and, and, and I managed to come up with um, uh, seven good. And I'll give you a couple of examples because I, I know you've got a lot of people to talk to. You know, he has invested... I think the youth have benefited from from since he came in. Um, the, the giving free coaches, I thought, was, was a fantastic gesture. Um, the meet the evening he puts on. There's, there's been some good. It's not all been bad under him, but unfortunately, I can only come up with seven. I managed to come up with um, fourteen bad points. And again, just to give a few flavours. But we all know them: Slade, Porter, Liverani, Lee Harrison, Hotel Gate, uh, Cox, McNuff, the statement. You know, it, it goes on, and it, it, there's a rule in business, and that's that you've got to get 51% of it right. And that smacks to me that he's got two thirds of it wrong. So that, that's that's how I look at it. I look at it very black and white. And the split on social media that I'm 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 seeing on my timeline that's horrible. There's some fans clearly arguing amongst themselves that, 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 that clearly there's a difference of opinion and we're all entitled to opinions, but it's horrible to see people I consider to be, or we're all friends as far as I'm concerned because we're all on that same, Absolutely. same, that same death wish of Sporting Lake and Orient. <laughs> so we've got to stick together. And, and that's really what I wanted to say. I mean, I think we've now just got to get behind the team because I don't want to give this man any excuses. And, and perhaps we have, perhaps we have, but I think we now stick together. And then lastly, guys, what I wanted to say is uh, we've got to be there to pick the pieces up because the way this is all, all heading, it's not going to end up um, very, very well, is it? So th- that's how I feel about my time with Leighton Orient. Just, I've met a few of the people that he's employed. Uh, I agree. I agree that, Angelero seemed like a nice guy when I met him on a train and I walked back from an away game um, as for Mario Milanese he, he was telling me things coming back from an away game at Morecambe that I was stunned at and shocked yeah. the stuff that was coming out and the, the, those guys I'm afraid he surrounded himself with I can only be described as sycophants and idiots <laughs> no I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure lots of people uh, would describe him in the same way I mean Alessandro like I said lovely guy you speak to him about football he's kind of eyes glaze over you speak to him about tennis he, he's very passionate and, and and you're right you know it's, it is what it is it is what it is I don't doubt they've been well intended in, in, in many respects but you, you just can't treat people and alienate that amount of people that quickly if, if 
if it was to write a book on how not to run a football club, they couldn't have scripted it and wrote it better, could they? Be a number one bestseller in Waterstones. It, <laughs> yeah. it, 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 it certainly would whittle by it, wouldn't we? Just, just face it. <laughs> yeah, it well, we've lived it. it. I wouldn't need to read it again. <laughs> we, 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 we could certainly ghostwrite it, perhaps better than whoever... Uh, yeah. Uh, ghost wrote their, um, their their latest statement or, or proofread it. What, you, what were your thoughts on that statement as you as you mentioned it? Bizarre. Mm. My, 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 my thought was it was written by the North Koreans government <laughs> minister for propaganda. Brilliant, brilliant. I mean, I guess the, I think the one positive from the statement it seems to have brought a few fans closer together and it stopped a, a bit of the argument that we've seen now where people I think are all realizing that kind of how how drastic the situation is now uh, at the club and I, I guess it's kind of done a good job in getting national media um, involved in terms of talk sport and on it, BBC and now on it, ITV, Standard, Sky Sports seems to be picking it up a bit more. Um, so, so I guess... Yeah, no, no I mean, I think all coverage is... What do they say? say there's no such thing as bad publicity. Absolutely. Um, and so, so all coverage is, is good and... and I think someone said the other day about when, when the club was sold for a fiver was all the, the joke made by Tony Wood at the time and, and gosh, how, 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 you know, how, how well that works out for us. Um, but, but, but that's what we need now. We, we need another owner. We need him quickly. That's the ideal scenario for me as a fan. That's what I really want to see. But, but if not, I, I would personally rather see some kind of takeover by, by a um, group of fans than, than this what, what we're seeing at the moment is it, it, it's torture it's like Chinese water torture it's, it's, it's horrible because it just we just lurch from one embarrassing crisis and one embarrassing defeat to another absolutely, and, absolutely. And, well, Darren, yeah thank you very much Darren you made some very very salient points there and we really appreciate that so thanks for coming on and pleasure and getting up so, good work guys. yeah cheers cheers All the best. Cheers. 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 bye now so that was Darren Burrows. If you agree with Darren or any one of our callers so far, let us know. You can let us know on Twitter at Orient Outlook or let us know via email at orientoutlook.com. Uh, next guest we are joined live by this evening is Alex Rose. Good evening, Alex. Good evening, boys. How are you? Good, you? All good, thanks. All good. Mate, Morning. welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast and welcome to your debut. Uh, <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> so so what, uh, what you got to say? What are your current thoughts uh, at the uh, goings-on uh, at the uh, Leighton Orient? Well, I mean... Regards of you know, Mr. Pichetti, I mean every, everything that I'm going to say has been said. I mean we all kind of, I'm guessing we all feel the same way. We've all got the same concerns. You know, we don't want him anywhere near the club. But what happens if he goes? It's just we're just in a nightmare situation with him. It's just dragging on and on and on, and it's getting worse by the minute. It seems it really is. I mean, what what were your what are your thoughts on the season so far and through to the statement on Friday? Uh, well, reading the statement. Yeah, you know, it just—I don't really know where to start. I mean, I was—I was impressed by the summer signings, like they said. You no, know, I was happy with the summer transfer dealings. I was happy with the players we brought in. You know, it seemed to me like Hess and Edwards. You now they sat down. They right. They thought right that these players know how to do it. They've been there. They've done it. They've all got promoted. You know, let's get a good group together. Threw in some talent. Liam Kelly. You know, the games that he played was outstanding for us. Massey's shown glimpses of quality but it just seems to me like every signing that hasn't been made by um, you know Hess or Edwards they do, they seem to have been frozen out they've been terribly poor and they have for what we paid for players they have underperformed massively massively I mean what yeah. what, what are your feelings about kind of the staff around the club in terms of Angelari Gagliardi <laughs> 
Bloody hell, dude. Um, oh, they're just useless. <laughs> they're useless. I mean, we've gone through eight or nine managers now. I think we're at eight. Yeah, I think. I think you've got to take. You got. You got. You got to take a look at the people that are appointing them. You know, the managers have been put in that position. They're not good enough. You look at our managers. You look them up. You look at men who have consistently failed. Cavazin's consistently failed. Liverani's consistently failed. You know, they've done nothing, and they've been put in that position. So, if they're getting sacked, and there's been eight of them that have been in and out, then the people that are putting them in the position in the first place have to take a good, good, long, hard look at themselves. They're not, they're not the right men to be in those positions. Yeah, great point. Not. Great point. They're just not. But another point I did want to make, that yeah. I'm not sure if it's been made yet, but it, it's about the current squad and what we've got with the kids, the under-18s. Yeah, now, but... In my opinion, I'd say probably eight or nine out of the starting 11 in the last couple of weeks should all be second or third choice in their position. Yeah. Yes. I went through. I went through the team. Sisak. I don't think. I think Sisak's been getting a lot of undeserved, you know, attacks on him. When <laughs> you got to look at the players he's got in front of him, and the amount of saves he does make, because he might be letting in all these goals, but look at the amount of saves he's making per game. You know, he's got us out of so much trouble. The centre halves in front of him, the Ericot and Mezzi are just, just shocking. They're just getting from worse to worse. You try and look for some positives, but. They might have a good game now and then, but they're, they're both poor. I think Tom Parks is getting undeserved um, attacks, well, not attacks, but a lot of undeserved reports because he's put his body on the line more than enough, you know, more than he should be having to do. Nicky Hunt, Nicky Hunt's just consistent. He's, he's right. He doesn't really do much wrong, much wrong. He doesn't seem to do much. Miles um, Judd, he's good, he's promising, he's young, but against Cambridge and Barnett didn't do it but against Cambridge they just targeted him every time you know he doesn't win anything in the air but he's a good promise and he should be introduced the right way just they're all being they're all being put in at the wrong time and we're counting too much on them because there's a massive difference between youth team and first team level he just won't work absolutely Alex you made some great points Uh, thank you for uh, calling us to get involved with the phone in um, and we'll speak to you soon Cheers, Alex. Thank you, mate. So that was Alex Rose's points. So he made some great points about the youth team stepping up and he made some great points about the decisions that have been made by Francesco Bichetti and his board in terms of managers. So let us know what you think at Orient Outlook or at Orient Outlook at Outlook.com to give us your views. Yeah, next on the phone, we are joined by um, blogger and uh, famous Orient fan Matt Simpson, who goes by the Twitter handle of Wet at West Stand O. So, Matt, thanks for coming on. How are you doing? Hi. Yeah, I'm good. Nice to talk to you again, guys. And you, and you. What would you like to? What would you like to say? The floor is yours. <laughs> um, my God, what is there to say? <laughs> Firstly, I'm a bit upset because Alessandra Angelari has essentially put my blog out of business by being far, <laughs> far more humorous uh, and extreme <laughs> than anything I could ever have come up with. Um, it was quite something, wasn't it? Well, he wants to keep you on your toes. <laughs> clearly, Can't clearly. <laughs> Um, where do I want to say? Well, um, I think all this comes down to, and I've sort of put this theory out before, I've I've been watching the actions of Francesco Bocchetti very carefully since he came into the club. Um, And I think essentially all of this is coming from um, a deep desire within him to be adored. This is why he bought the club 
didn't have to do it. Um, this explains the strange behaviours like after the Portsmouth game last season when he was running around in front of the fans, like, doing them up and stuff. Um, I think that was his sole intention for buying the club, which is, the, which is that he wanted to be adored by a group of people. He wanted them to chant his name. So a vanity um, project. I, sorry? A vanity project, effectively. Well, I think so. And like, even like the choice of all of his managers, um, he, he never once chose, um, a, I guess, a tried and tested lower league manager who have a record of success of getting teams promoted. They were either people brought over from Italy or people who had never managed before. Um, because I don't think he wanted to credit anyone with any success that he might have had other than himself. I think he wanted to say, you know, this is all down to me. Um, I think that explains the behaviour around getting rid of um, players that were very popular, Dean Cox, for example, the uh, the squad with no future, as we have to call them now, being um, put out the door. Russell Slade again very early. And then I think as soon as um, it's become apparent to him that he isn't going to be endured, in fact, people were protesting against him and, you know, shout, shouting uh, abuse at him, he's thrown his toys out of the pram and he's going to up and leave. But before he does that, uh, such is his... Um, um, egomania and lunacy he's going to drag the club into the ground before he does it just to spite us for not adoring him very wow, very interesting points up, yeah very interesting points and I think a few people have commented on the fact that this is sort of his ego is quite egotistical I'd also perhaps I'd also perhaps make the point that it's 60% owned by his mum not him <laughs> Yeah, well, I think that probably says a lot about him, doesn't it? <laughs> Does he still live with his mum? <laughs> I don't know, possibly. Just very quickly, though, um, yeah. what were your thoughts on some of the points in the statement that, that, that he'd made? Um, my, my main bugbear is about him naming and shaming the likes of Jay Simpson, Joby McEnough, current employee Jordan Bowery, irrespective of what you might think. We had John Mackey and Matt Lockwood on the show earlier. Um, and they basically said never in their careers had any club ever made any sort of comment like that, and never have they seen anything like it. No, and they're right. And, you know, frankly, it was the most unprofessional um, statement I think I've ever seen come out of a football club, ever, let alone the um, glaring inaccuracies and mistruths and, um, frankly, just quite bonkers stuff in there. And the thing that... Um, concerns me most is that I think they actually believe those things to be true. Like, 100%. 100%. And, you know, um, the, the only... What hope is there now? Like, you know, the, the only positive thing to come out of that statement is that it's confirmed that Bacchetti definitely wants to sell, yeah. which can only be a good thing, but what state um, the club will be left in by the time he's able to do that God only knows. And the question is, is he going to get back? How much of his money is he going to get back? He paid four million quid for the club, I think. Is he going to get even that back? Would he even sell it for that? Who would buy it? Well, yeah. Yeah, we need someone like the guy that's just coming at Notts County. But anyway, Matt, thank you very much for coming on the show and for joining us this week. Look forward to seeing your blog Absolutely, up again yeah. soon. Very much uh, a highlight of our week. 
that's very kind of you to say so and uh, good luck with your ongoing podcasts you're coming up to 100 guys that's pretty impressive we're not though. we're not far not off far. yeah we're not know, far amazing off. i don't want to give any exclusives but you might get a phone call <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah, talk to you soon matt take, take care, care. Cheers, guys. See bye so that was Matt Simpson made some more great points about a vanity project for Francesco Bichetti. Yeah. First time one of our callers has mentioned that, so it'd be great to get your views on that, whether you agree or not. So joining us next is Ben Boatman, who can be found on Twitter at, at Boatsy. Good evening, Ben. Oh, good evening, gents. How you doing? Calling from all the way from Scotland, I believe, tonight, Ben. Yeah, I'm not doing too bad. Uh, it's not too bad up here in Edinburgh at the moment. Uh, quite mild this time of year, so uh, can't complain. Nice one. So, what what do you want to say tonight about Leighton Orient? What what are your views at the state of the club? Yeah, I mean, first of all, gents, really enjoying the podcast again. It really does help connect myself to, to the club, uh, being so many hundred miles away. Um, what I wanted to talk about really was the, the statement that came out on Friday. Um, first of all, how poorly written it was, and, and second of all, in one particular line, in terms of a squad with our future as a heritage, um, I, I just can't believe such utter nonsense that is uh, from Bacchetti and Angelieri. Uh, the team of the 13-14 season had heart, desire and fight. And to quote Russell Slade, he described the squad as a team that never gave up and had desire, work ethic, character and togetherness. To third in the league and a penalty kick away from the championship was the very best I've ever seen in my time at Leighton Orient. We were the East London club with a small, who was a small club with a big heart. And we fast forward to now, two and a half years later, we're now the big club with no heart. I, I do worry about our future under the Getty and I can only hope that from the statement, he is looking to sell it, and hopefully um, he'll make that sale soon. I know it's not going to happen overnight, I know it's going to take a long time, uh, but we do need that investment to keep ourselves in this league to make sure that we're more valuable uh, than going down to the National League. Uh, and that's kind of really what I wanted to talk on tonight. Mate, great points, great points, well said. I mean, what what do you think have been Bichetti's kind of main causes uh, of failure at the club? Do you think he's been poorly advised from his advisors, bad managerial appointments? Yeah, I mean... I, Sometimes maybe the kid doesn't get the fair crack that he does at times. You know, maybe it's his advisors who are giving them the wrong decision. We had Milanese in place uh, a while ago, and they've got the RD who's doing the head of recruitment stuff. There's all these people who've come to the job who don't seem to be up to the job and know what they're doing. Um, the fundamental error really was getting rid of Matt Walter. That was the big thing to knew the club uh, inside out right at the start. Um, so whoever advised him to do that, whether that was his decision or not, uh, it was something that shouldn't have not have been taken. It should never have happened. Uh, and I do believe if Porter was still in the, at the club at the moment, then we'd still be a League One club. Ben, made some great points tonight. Thank you uh, for joining us, and we'll speak to you soon. Cheers, Ben. No problem Thank you much, gents. Cheers, Cheers, Ben. Cheers, Thank Ben. You. So that's Ben Boatman. Made some great points about the squad that never gives up, being called um, a team without a future in yeah. the statement, and also <laughs> went on to mention, uh, you know, the sacking of Porter early on in Bichetti's reign. Was that the main failure if, if Porter was still at the club? Would we be where we are now? Lots of great points. Yeah. Now joining us on the phone, joined us on the phone last week, so becoming somewhat of a regular now, Andy, uh, who is at Orient Meat Pie on Twitter. Welcome back, mate. How you doing? Yeah, good. Um, been a weird week, hasn't it? <laughs> it's, been quite, it's been a quiet weekend. You know, not much not, has happened. Not, not if you do a podcast. It's been blooming brilliant, to be honest. I know. You've got enough material to work with today, haven't you? I mean... Um, we could do a two-day uh, yeah, podcast. We're, we're, to start with that, it's uh, definitely the weirdest statement in my 36 years of supporting Leighton Orient. And uh, I, I suppose that the bottom line is that uh, it's, it's the most bitter, pompous, narcissistic diatribe I've ever seen from an owner in, in, in the history of football. So it's, um, it's utterly bizarre. Um, I mean, you have to ask yourself, uh, you know, what, what kind of a crazy narcissist uh, Becchetti and Angelieri are to actually find blame 
in everybody but themselves, including the fact that uh, a team that got the highest points tally in Orient history in 86, I believe, I could be wrong, um, and had a player like uh, um, uh, Jay, um, you know, actually who scored 26 goals last season, although he only scored six from sort of February onwards, were at full, sort of a full for where we are right now. Um, it, it's difficult. I mean, we obviously need to... Um, we need to move on. We need to sort of galvanise the fans. I mean, in one in one way, this this statement was absolutely fantastic because if if ever there was a statement that was going to sort of bind the fans together, uh, you know, behind you know a fans movement in, in something like Loft, then then this was it. Um, but I mean, it's just crazy why you wouldn't run something like this past sort of a press office to at least at least make sure it was sort of coherent or make sense or to actually pin the hopes of the future of the squad or avoiding relegation on the fact we've, you know, on players, three of whom are 17 years old. I mean, it's, it's absolutely ludicrous, as well as calling out for, uh, you know, players who are currently on the staff, um, as well as uh, some of the rather bizarre, bizarre wording, like, you know, Mr. Bichetti won't play on a Saturday, which is, we're probably going to need him to play on a Saturday soon, with the state of the squad being what it is. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely bad. I, I think what, what, what happens now is that we have to... If Loft can do something about the divisive elements and the personalities or, yeah, that, that there are within Loft, and I, I don't think there's any point in pretending that there isn't a problem there, then I think there's a possibility of doubling Loft's membership and actually properly coming up with a plan to eventually wrestle the club back from this owner. I mean, because we know the club's for sale, we just don't know what he wants for it. Um, he's already turned down one buyer, so, you know, once again, as I said last week, we're in a state of limbo. So what's next? Um, you know, tr- tricky times. Very, very tricky. And I think, again, quite a number of good points that, that, that you've made there, Andy. But I think some of the comments that, that, that were made in that... Um, in that uh, in, in that statement were were you know fundamentally irritating to, to quite a lot of people, but 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 also the fact that the club wouldn't put anything out unless they were pushed by, as it turned out, mainstream media, talk sport. I think the BBC were chasing them. The fans forum, the group, the the the, the groups that make up the fans forum also pressed. So it seems that that, that they're reluctant to do anything unless actually pushed. Agree, and, and the thing is, you've got to ask yourself how much do they really care if they can't even spell check or even get a coherent <laughs> statement out of there? Yeah. How much do they care about the status of the football club? How much do they care about the fa- obviously don't care about the fan base, obviously don't care about the players or, or the history of the club, which was a big thing that Bicchetti made a point of when he first came into the club. Oh, the proud history of Lake Norwich. He doesn't care. Yeah, he doesn't well. wouldn't put a statement out when you were pushed, and you wouldn't put out such garbage. In public, to make us essentially even more of a laughing stock. I mean, it, 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 all the fans I've spoken to, my Twitter's been blowing up all week. I'm sure everyone else has had. It's, it, you know, sorry, since Friday, since the statement, it, it's, it's just you know pure fury at the fact that you know this this is what we're dealing with. Even the Forest fans are sympathetic. Oh, <laughs> Forest fans, Charlton fans, Charlton fans, fans, Blackpool fans. Yeah. So yeah, it just shows you kind of what what dire straits. Uh, I guess we've been left with from Mr. Bichetti at the moment, um, and also it tells you a lot when fa- other opposing fans are, are tweeting saying uh, you're the worst side we've seen up here at, or at our ground in a long time. We feel for you. Good luck for the rest of the season. I mean, yeah, all the time, every week. The pity tweet. I mean, there's nothing more embarrassing than that. But 
Andy, we're going to have to call time on that, bud. We're um, we're grateful to you for coming on again and, and sparing us some time and, uh, and and hearing some really great coherent thoughts there. Thanks very much indeed, and we'll speak to you again soon. Thanks, guys. Great job. Cheers, man. Look forward to listening to it. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Bye. So that was Andy at Orient Meat Pie uh, making his second uh, appearance in a yeah. week, along with Josh Abrahams, who we bring you live now. Good evening, Josh. Hi there, guys. How are you doing? Good, Good bad. You? How are you? Uh, I'm not too bad. Not too bad. Just, just one, one phrase sums up my week. What a week! You know what I mean? Players' departures, ridiculous statements. You know what I mean? Uh, I think that statement on Friday. I, I really don't have words to express my anger at it. Really. Uh, first of all, I don't understand why they're releasing a statement on Friday just before a game. Uh, you know what they're trying to call disharmony within the group. You know, calling out former players and current ones in uh, Jordan Bowery, even those unknown uh, crew. Um, it just it just seems it was just seemed a bit bit deluded. You know what I mean? I'm, you know what I mean? I'm saying he's uh, basically putting the blame on the fans really for uh, for, for, for the performances. Really, it seems like. Uh, you know, what I mean, they're probably the four players on the transfer list, probably due to just due, due to them underperforming. Um, so maybe that makes sense. But I just feel like I thought the way it was worded and sort of Alessandro coming out on the Friday, it just felt. You know what I mean? So I really happy the game got cancelled Saturday because I thought, it, it, you know what I mean? I, I don't know what like, frame of mind the players would have been in after reading something like that. So you think it wouldn't have been the best atmosphere to play a match on Saturday? Oh, yeah, I think it's a blessing in disguise the game got cancelled, really, because of, uh, you know what I mean, uh, such statements like Mr. Bichetti doesn't play on Saturday. What is that? It's that a direct insult at the fans, you know, the, the people that come through the turnstile, the people that put money into the club, do you know what I understand? I think the last paragraph really sums up but like a loss of interest in uh, in the club from Bichetti saying about um, whether it be in the football league, uh, come the end of May or we won't it seems like uh, they, they've lost interest and they don't really care for in the, uh, in the Football League or not by the end of May and I just feel like from from a business interest surely a team that's in League 2 is worth more money to Bichetti rather than uh, rather than being in the non-league I, I really feel he needs to open his eyes and uh, sort of smell the coffee because it's not it's not a game you're dealing you're dealing with uh, a relegation battle here and once you once you go go into that non-league, you look at teams that have disappeared over these. You look at people, teams like Stockport, uh, Stockport, Boston, Bradley. Scarborough. Do you know? Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, it's tough. It's tough to come back, isn't it? It's tough to make your way back once you're down there. It's not as uh, straightforward as what you might think it will be. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I just, I, just, I really just don't don't understand sort of the direction like uh, where, where the club's going and. Ridiculous state, ridiculous points like Mr. Bichetti's charisma. Do you know? I, I really don't understand it. Well, Josh is a very just, charismatic man, apparently. Yeah, right? and that's the whole reason, probably, why the game got called <laughs> off yesterday as well, because it wasn't yeah, enough charisma at the ground. Yeah, hope it would have uh, warmed up the pitch a bit. <laughs> very good. <laughs> you, 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 yeah, you understand what I'm saying, but he, he's trying to say that you've got to rely on 17-year-olds. Uh, I think Alessandro quotes and he says that. Tristan Abraham has scored 20 goals for the youth team but going from youth team football straight into a first team setup is hard and you can't put that burden and that pressure on youngsters you need to bring them through slowly and you know blend them in with an experience and if you look at that I think there was something a good tweet on Twitter the other day and it showed that with injuries and stuff and with the players on transfer we only really have eight senior pros mad and, and that, that, that is mad you're, 
you're in a relegation battle and you look at teams around you like Cheltenham uh, I know they lost uh, 2-1 to Plymouth yesterday but they, they look like they're improving week in week out you know what I mean they're picking up a few decent results you know Notts County I think uh, they're not doing well like I said uh, Newport um, but you've really you've really just got to look at it and you really got to think you need to you need to go go to uh, who's in, not next Mansfield they're not doing too badly I think on their form at the moment but we need to start picking up points we need to start picking up points because what once you get to last ten games remaining the pressure builds pressure builds and. Uh, you don't, you don't want to be anywhere near that relegation. So. Absolutely, and I guess by the time we get to Blackpool Way, we'll all be hoping we won't be playing to preserve our lease Hopefully. spaces. Yeah, nice, nice, nice uh, trip to the seaside. Hopefully, not many worries. Well, well uh, we thought we'd be the Orient Outlook promotion party, but instead, it looks like it's going to be the uh, Orient Outlook staying up party. Josh, always a pleasure to speak to you, mate. Have a good week, and I'm sure we'll see you in the South Stand in two weeks. Always nice speaking to you guys. No, uh, nice Josh. Josh. Take care, bud. Bye, mate. Bye. So that was that was Josh Abrahams. There's quite a lot of viewpoints there, a lot of people making a lot of good points. We're quite aware that this is a lengthy podcast, but given what has happened in the past seven days, it is worthwhile getting people on to have a chat because you can say more in, um, in a conversation than you can in 140 characters. So we are now going to move forward to conclude this week's episode. We've got the positives and the negatives of this week. So I'll crack on with the positives yep. this week. Decent results around the bottom of the table, obviously with Notts County losing. Um, players uh, won't have played for two weeks, so hopefully it should be fresh for the Mansfield game. All this exposure has highlighted Francesca Bacchetti's being, quite frankly, a bit of a nutcase. Uh, and now with TalkSport, the BBC, the Standard... Uh, they've all run news reports on the club highlighting our situation. It isn't just going to the likes of Blackpools and the Leeds and the uh, and the Nottingham Forests of uh, and Charltons of this world, although their plight are equally important to them. Little old Leighton Orient also getting a bit of, of press, sadly though, for the wrong reasons. Yep, so negatives obviously can only be one of the main ones. Obviously the club's statement, which was just um, terrible. Uh, secondly, club management. What do you mean, staff? By that, I don't know what you mean by. Yeah, that. basically, the 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 statement of club management being a negative, essentially, the the fact of not running the club properly, oh, okay. not being able to put out coherent, cohesive statements, not being able to employ the right people. I mean, I could do a podcast on, on you could do. club mismanagement. Uh, thirdly, lack of players. So I think, as Josh said, only eight senior pros at the club. The rest are made up of all youth. And lastly, as we go on about lack of players, four. Um, senior squad players transfer listed so those are the negatives and positives of the week yep next week's fixtures just the one fixture coming up for us next week as we travel to Mansfield on the 28th of January Mansfield managed by ex-coach driver Steve Evans (laughs) and this will be his first time the first time we've faced him uh, I think since that day at Wembley also facing us will be the recent Andy Edwards target Shaquille Coulthurst who joined Mansfield alone from Peterborough earlier this week. He scored on his debut at Cambridge as Mansfield ran out 3-1 winners. And they climbed up to 12th in the table. They are now just three points off of the playoffs. So it's a difficult match that, that is, that is going to be for match. all concerned. Yeah. So that's it. So thank you for joining us for episode 91. So another live phone in and another crazy week it's been. So just when you think things can't get any worse, off strange at the O's. They do. So it all started on Monday with a huge amount of rumours and social media meltdowns. Followed up on Tuesday with news that a selection of first team and squad players had been transfer listed. Jordan Barry left on loan. Alan Dunn has left. 
that insane, crazy, irrational nonsense Google translating failure of a statement that was put out on Friday. And finally, with our match being called off on Saturday. So, again, thanks for the huge amount of tweets, DMs, emails, messages we received in the last week. They're all very much appreciated. So keep them coming. And as mentioned earlier in the podcast, our exclusive, we interview Jay Simpson yeah. tomorrow night on Monday, the 23rd of January. So, you know, if there's enough time before you listen to the podcast, sorry, or after you listen, get your questions in for Jay. It should be a storming interview. So we'll be back with episode 92, which will be next week with all the information and views that you could ever need. So we look forward to hearing from you. And as always, keep calm and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Yeah, we're playing you out this week with a song that we feel is quite appropriate. So uh, thanks for everybody uh, to everybody for listening. Up the O's.